Welcome, everybody, to the Nintendo Podcast, your source for all things Nintendo. I am Eric, a.k.a. Sulior. And this is your friendly neighborhood news anchor, Durka. And today we've got a little bit of a special episode today. We have a guest on our show. We've got Dave Chaffins from the Crypticast. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. What's up? How are we all doing this morning? Um, I'll let you know once I fully wake up. <laughs> Still kind of early. I've been rolling six, since, since uh, 6 a.m. Oh, oh, wow. Like, I got up and I went to the store. And while I was there, it, it, we have Kroger. And I, I don't know if you have Kroger. Yeah, we've got that here. Yeah, we got There's Kroger. this little section in the back that's the woohoo section. And everything in the woohoo section is like half off, 75% off. And the other thing is Cinnamon's Buns. And that had my name on it. And I was like, it's like 99 cents for this big thing of cinnamon buns. Took them home, oh, nice. put them in the oven. I've got these nice cinnamon buns here, coffee. I'm feeling real good, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, man, that does sound really good. Sure does. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, today we are going to be going over Dragon Quest. Um, I am a complete novice when it comes to anything Dragon Quest. I've played a little bit of number two, but not enough to really know anything. But it's something that does seem right up my alley because I love those fantasy RPG games. Mm-hmm. But um, before we get to that, uh, what kind of news do we got, Mr. Anchorman? Mr. Anchorman has some news. Not a whole lot of news, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so for Nintendo news, nothing really with that. We're still looking into uh, getting the guys from the DL on um, and seeing what else we can do with that. Uh, Nintendo news, actually, we do have a couple things. Uh, rumors that there's a Bioshock collection might be coming to the Switch. Um, I'd be all over that. Here soon. Um, yeah, Nintendo Switch has become an attractive platform for many developers, especially for bringing over older, more popular games for the hybrid system. Um, so, yeah, it looks like it might be coming on. Uh, to the switch so that's one thing we can look forward to um I'm there are that will be like w- would it be like a like all in the card or what kind of download because if it's the remastered ones i mean those would be able to run on the switch but would still be pretty big just because of the tech yeah mm-hmm. uh number uh infinite in particular that's like 50 gigs almost yeah infinite barely runs on my ps4 <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible on my ps3 that was the first one I played, and it wasn't until um, the Christmas sale on Steam that I bought the first two remastered. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've been playing a little bit of the first one, and it, they're it's so good. Fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. It was cool though how Infinite had that DLC that took you back to Rapture. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because you had like a crossbow or something in it. Because you played as you played as you two played characters, as... right? Um, you, you play mainly as Booker yeah, and, um, it's in an alternate reality. You kind of find out that he's actually a different version of Comstock, Spoiler but there alert. is, yeah, sorry. If anybody hasn't played that, the game came out in 2011, <laughs> so <laughs> a little late in the scene. Um, but then there was another one that you play as Emily or no, I'm sorry, Elizabeth, sorry, Elizabeth. And you start out in Paris because that was one of her things is she always wanted to see Paris. So you start out in Paris and everything's bright and cheery. And then about 30 seconds later, it gets super dark. Yeah. Isn't it kind of like I remember it's kind of like Detective Noir 
and like you yeah. have like your office and then elizabeth comes into the office and she's like they kind of got the the femme fatale situation going on yeah yeah um yeah i think that was the one that takes place in rapture i think it's called burial at sea yeah yeah you're right you're right you're totally right um i beat that part i never beat the one where you play as elizabeth (laughs) that was really hard if i remember correctly there was a lot of sneaking in that yeah you're sneaking through like shafts and pipes and all that And she does have some of the plasma powers. I can't remember exactly what it was. Right. Um, yeah, so that's rumored to be coming to the Switch. We don't know when yet. Um, We're really excited, in case you can't tell. Yes. Um, <laughs> other than that, there are there's some sales. Not a lot, but um, on the sales and deals part of the Nintendo.com website, uh, there's a bunch of games that are on sale, but there's not like a huge like discount off off of anything. Uh, I know there was like a huge like sale that was going on. Uh, oh yeah, it's the current one that's going on. I think the only one that looks interesting is Garfield Kart Fears Racing, which went from twenty nine ninety nine to twenty three ninety nine. That was the one we were talking about. Yeah, before. we talked about that on another episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess Samurai Showdown is forty nine ninety nine went to forty four ninety nine and Hypercharge Unboxed went from nineteen ninety nine to seventeen ninety nine. So yeah, there's a couple deals on there, but nothing too exciting, unfortunately. Um, which, to be honest, I haven't even my my I went to look on my Switch and it is completely dead. So I had to like plug it in and stuff. Oh, look at this Battleship. Oh, no. It was a game battleship was twenty bucks is now three ninety nine. That looks pretty cool. But other than um, that, yep. By the way, the video on Twitch is still your Atlas play. I don't know oh, if that is was it? intentional or not, yeah. Oh, it's currently live, so I don't know. No, nah, that's just what I'm saying. Maybe I should refresh the page. Probably refresh the page, yeah. Um but yeah, for those listening to the audio of this later, we are live on Twitch.com at Twitch.tv slash Dirk Does Gaming. Yep, um, it's still the Atlas play. That is weird. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, uh, while I look at that, we did have the Nintendo Direct, uh, which, Eric, you were able to sit down and watch it live. Uh, what are, what are <coughs> yes. your thoughts on that? Um, I think everybody needs to take a chill pill and quit freaking out because it's another uh, it's another Fire Emblem character. This is the main character from Fire Emblem Three Houses, Byleth. And again, everybody, like I was watching it and I really wish I could have turned the comments off because every single one of them was complaining about it being another Fire Emblem character. Here's the thing. It's not just another sword fighter. This character uses it does use a sword, but also uses a bow, an axe, a spear, it, and then also kind of a, a whip sword hybrid. So, I mean, and also there's a whole other character pack that they are releasing that has not just five but six more characters. I think that's and, good because ending it. Like with the original idea, ending it with a Fire Emblem character 
seems kind of anticlimactic. Not that it's bad, but it's a little anticlimactic if they didn't have the six others. It just seems ironic to me that everybody is still wanting Waluigi as a playable character when there are more Mario characters featured than Fire Emblem. But I don't know. That's just That's me. True, but what's the what's the more recognizable brand, you know? It depends on what region you live in. That's true. Well, That's no, true. I guess they would still have all the Mario stuff, too. That's true. But right. um, it's you... just... I mean, yeah, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, wow, another Fire Emblem character. But you know what? Mm-hmm. They kind of sold me on the gameplay videos, like the character videos. Like, hey, this person is is unique because it's not just sword fighting. There's plenty of other strategies that you can use, too. Yeah, they have all the, the like the legendary weapons from the game, right? The like uh, artifact weapons or something, right? Um, Durka, you're more familiar with the game than I am. With um, with what kind of with uh, three houses? Didn't you try it? I tried it for like for like a week, but I had a little amount of time to actually play it, so mm. I really didn't get far into it. I'm still playing it, and I'm at. It was fun for what I thought. I finished. Uh, but... I'm not done with it, but I'm there's like a time skip, and I'm after mm-hmm. that. But oh, there's okay. like these like special um, in the game. There's like these special weapons and. They have a limited amount of uses each month, or else you have to charge them up, and it's really expensive. And uh, the main weapon that that Byleth uses is it's like a sword, but you know, like a uh, Ivy from Soul Calibur. Yeah, that's kind of what um, what they were showing, and there it's a, there's female and male versions of the character that you can use. But yeah, it's kind of the sword whip hybrid that Ivy uses. Do you know if you can whip it around? Like, um, I think so, yeah, because they were showing uh, Bioleth catching people from the air and slamming them with it. That's kind of cool. I like to play the Castlevania characters and then just like whip my whip around, and then people can't touch me, and then whip. they get mad at me. Don't touch me. Whip. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that would have been, I think, would have been cool, though, is if they would have included a, another character for pre-ordering the second Fighter's Pass like they did with the first one. That's true. Yeah. Uh, right. They I think they said you get some like me skins, like me outfits. But with the first one, they're like, hey, we'll give you piranha plant for free if you do this. But maybe that's why they have six characters announced as opposed to seven. They exactly. probably had piranha plant like ready to go from the get. And they were like, Okay, are we gonna do DLC fighters? And it's like, Yeah, okay, we'll save this one because it's piranha plant. Like nobody's that excited about piranha plant just from the idea of it. So it made sense to kind of put that with a, a, a pack, I suppose. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Um, so yeah, it looks like the new fighters pass for smash bros will be available on the 28th. So, yep. Sweet. That's the same day that Joker comes out in mortal Kombat 11. Ooh, but yeah, and then uh, Spawn comes out in March. Which, going back to Soul Calibur, Spawn was pretty awesome in Soul Calibur. Wait, which so, one was he in? He was in the Xbox version. Um, mm, the GameCube okay. version had Link, which was yeah, pretty that, sweet too. That's the one. I and uh, PS2 got completely screwed because <laughs> they had Hayachi from Tekken, and his weapon was his gloves. So <laughs> it's like, okay, you, you're in this sword fighting long, you know, weapon game and your weapons are the gloves you're wearing 
Like mm-hmm. Spawn had an axe and yeah. Yeah, it seems like that the, the weapons for those characters. Isn't the whole game about the weapon though? So what's the Yeah, it's a weapons game. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, like the they weapon had, um, like Soul Edge and Geralt in the um in the new one and he has the two swords and I was like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm with yeah. that. Yeah, and then uh, was it Soul Calibur Five had the Star Wars characters? Oh yeah, that's right. You uh, had like Yoda and Darth Vader or something. Yeah, yeah. But the first one I played was Soul Calibur Two, and I had the GameCube version with Link, which was pretty sweet. So I could use a remaster of that one. That one'd be good. Yeah. Now, where's my Soul Calibur on the Switch? They have it on mobile, but yeah. Yeah, I'll get there. I mean, I'm still waiting for uh, Elder Scrolls Blade to get on the Switch. So I know. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. So. That's the reason I got my Switch, so that I could play Elder Scrolls Blades. Yeah, I recently upgraded my Smithy so I can make Elven weapons. Whoa. And then I'm I... curious just about that. I like the controls of that game and how that's going to work. And it seems like that not only can you use the touchscreen, but you would use like the motion. With yeah, they... The... They showed um, somebody using the Joy-Cons detached um, for the sword and shield and all that, or whatever mm-hmm. your whatever weapon you're using. So I think it'll be really cool. I have a weird like I I play the Switch at weird times, and so like I'll be I have a stationary bike, and I have like a little phone like holder on it, and I'll put the Switch like uh, the, the main area. I don't know what you call that the screen, the screen part. I yeah. suppose. Uh, I'll put that in there, but I'll get on the stationary bike and like do intervals, but I'll have the controllers here. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's a motion control segment, that's a real ab workout because you kind of have to balance yourself <laughs> while you're trying to like, what was it in a, uh, um, in Breath of the Wild where you had some of those puzzles that were like gyroscope and I was like, yeah. bike, yeah. my body is rumbling and so like the, <laughs> the little platforms <laughs> and everything were shaking back and forth. So I'm curious how that game will be. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. I'm gonna have to try that at my the gym at my apartment complex. There is, uh, I joke that I'm gonna do a review, like a video game review show centered around Switch games that work on the bicycle, not Ooh. from how, not from the perspective of how good the games are, but how much it makes you pedal. So far, the two best games are actually Splatoon 2 because I get really frustrated and angry, and it makes me pedal <laughs> faster. And uh, I like zone in. And then Dark Souls. Uh, I'll play that on Ooh. the Switch. And when I die, it's like immediate interval. I'm like, ah! And I'm pedaling. And I wonder how Ring fast. Fit Adventure would be on a bike. Well, you don't, don't know about that. Well, that'd be, that'd be interesting because you'd have to be pedaling. And, yeah. I don't know. Chaz is supposed to tell me how it was because I bought it from for Christmas. But oh, did you? Did, yeah, know. I bought it from for Christmas, but he doesn't want to come onto the show. I had I was like, yeah, we're talking about Dragon Quest, and you love Dragon Quest. You should come on and talk about it. He's like, no. I was like, oh, okay, but he'll just pop in in the comments here and there. Eh, but he's, <laughs> he's still asleep. He was up until like four last night. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was too uh, playing Atlas. Speaking of uh, playing games, what have you guys been playing lately? Before we get into the next segment. Yeah, we stole that from uh, from GameStack, that segment. What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Uh, I've been playing Atlas. That's all I've been playing. <laughs> so I'm sure that everybody knows what that is, but I don't really know what that is. Um, okay, so do you know what Ark is? 
Yeah. I'm okay. Familiar. Yeah. So it's basically Ark, but pirates instead of like dinosaurs. So you have to like, there's like islands. The map is like huge. And each. Yeah, apparently, my computer isn't good enough for it. It'll play it, but very, it's mm-hmm. got a lot of lag. Oh, yeah. Um, each grid on the map is a separate server. So if you ever want to like start your own server, you have to pay per grid. And it's like $10 per 10 slots or something like that. That's interesting. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. And I joined this company called the Black Plague. And um, they... Um, they train rats and then they send them onto everybody else's ship. And then everyone <laughs> dies. No, literally, literally, <laughs> like... I've been playing with these guys for weeks now and like shout out to them. Yeah. That's basically all he's been playing the last like month or so. Yeah. Like that's all I've been playing. It's so much fun, but yeah, you can actually like, I was obsessed about taming cats because you can tame cats and then you can make them hunt for rodents. And then you take the rodents and you can use them as like plague bombs and like actual like serious. Yeah. (laughs) So that's like one of the form of weapons that we have is to like catapult with these like plague infested like bombs or whatever. And That's like, amazing. Yeah. So it's we've been we've been building and we've been like sailing around. We, yesterday we decided to do like this raid. Um, we we're like, yeah, let's go raiding our base. We've been grinding for like a whole week to get our base back up. There's like a huge war going on in Atlas, especially mm-hmm. on the official server between between like americans and like europeans and like english-speaking people and then there's like the chinese okay the chinese are, are like the abomination of people in this game because they go in and they when you're getting off they're getting on so they'll go and they'll offline like wipe you they'll just attack you and destroy your stuff but they'll do it like mercilessly they won't just like break open <clears throat> something and steal some stuff and then leave no they'll They'll wipe your base for no apparent reason. Like, there's just no point of it. So, like, there's this huge war going on. And, like, we got, like, alliances and Chinese have been coming through. It's, it's just crazy. You can tell I'm, like, passionate about this because it's just like, Ugh! but uh, Slash so, yeah. and burn mentality from your enemies. That, that's that's <laughs> how the American South was destroyed. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, get uh, rid of their food. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty fun game. It's a pretty good group where they wanted me to uh, to put a video together for recruitment. And they also got me working on the Discord now to make it look nice. So now, are there are there roles? Is like somebody a captain? Is somebody yes. like a first mate? So how we have it for our structure is we have our... So we have the Pirate King, who uh, who's like the leader currently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he has so it's four captains that he had that we picked out. I was one of them, and there's a video I posted in the show notes. It's a video I made for them, uh, where we got the four of us captains, and we decided we'd go into our arena with uh blackjacks or the the billy clubs, and just bash each other's heads in, and whoever was the last man standing got to per- pick the first person for first mate. And so I had this on video on YouTube. I'll post it. Uh, I'll post it in the show notes for people to watch. Um, there is some swearing, so that I put it as mature on uh, YouTube. But we're going in there, we're just beating each other up, and ended up winning. It's pretty funny. Um, but uh, so yeah, we have the four captains, which now are two captains. I'm one of the recruiters. So we have the leader. We have two captains, two recruiters. We have sailors, lieutenants, 
Uh, so yeah, it's pretty structured. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I want to be the tavern owner. We actually now. have we actually have one guy. Um, his name is Prophet, and he's one of the captains. He's actually my captain of my team. So there's two different teams that we have. One team is the Plague Marines, and the Sworn Oath is the other one. I'm part of Sworn Oath. Um, and uh, Prophet is the captain, one of the captains, and then the other captain. Um, for oh yeah, the other captain is uh Killer or Dreadlord Jim, and basically we have two different <laughs> Killer, two. Or Killer or Dreadlord Jim. Yes, yeah. the Dreadlord, the Dreadlord. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's pretty cool. We're a pretty cool gang. We uh hang out pretty much until like three or four in the morning each night because every time. So yeah, there's this there's this Chinese uh company that's that settled on the island next to us. But they're like pretty big, and they're like a little bit further east of us. And this, they just found this island. Like, oh, it's easy picking. Let's just go and raid. But it's just been crazy because this whole entire week they'd come and raid us when we're about to get off. So I've been up until like three and four in the morning with like one or two other guys defending our base. That's an That's everyday thing for you. Pretty much staying up yeah. to like three or four in the morning playing it. Yep. Um, yep. Just to let you know, though, that game is a hundred and twenty gigs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I went to because it was on sale for like five bucks over the holidays. I'm like, ah, sure, I'll try it. And I'm like, damn, I gotta take some stuff off my <laughs> out of off my computer just to be able to fit this. So it is a big game, but it does look fun. I would totally yep. play it. Um, um, there's it, one, in, there's one initiative for uh, for our iTunes reviews. If we get up to twenty by Eric's birthday, I will get him an Xbox so he can actually play this game with me. <laughs> but we got to get 20 reviews. We're at 11 right now, so at 11. not too far. Um, you got to pump those numbers. Get those yep. numbers yep. pumping. Yeah. But uh, there is a Switch version of Ark. Maybe they'll bring it to the Switch, too. Well, we'll see. It's yeah. still in well, development. They have like a mobile version, right? Don't they? Yeah, there is a mobile version of Ark. I'm not of sure Arc. about Atlas. I don't think so, no. I already looked it up. I don't think there is. Um, but yeah, Ark is still under development still, and it's it's open beta so people can play it and stuff. But um, yeah, so that's what I've been playing. What about you guys? You can go ahead if you'd like. Oh, oh me? Me? Sure, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So yes, you. I... I'm a member. Um, what? So I've been playing a lot of. Let me let me let me actually think about this. Hitman Blood Money. Oh, which which is probably I wouldn't say now it's the best Hitman game because of the way that Hitman is being released with Hitman One and Two, the re-releases of um, like they I guess they rebooted the universe and then they had that episodic structure and now you can get it all in one place but i haven't been playing that even though it's one of my favorite games i've been playing the old hitman blood money which is a lot more open and there's like some strange like first person mechanics with it uh and so i've been trying to figure out those levels and i'm thinking about just like trying to do a speed run just for myself um playing with that i have been playing uh dark souls i constantly play dark souls uh, like I said, I play it on the Switch a lot, um, but I have all three of the versions on the PlayStation as well. Um, the Switch, I usually do PvP, and I have a um, 
it's a caster it's a sorcerer it's a sorcery build really uh, if you're into into dark souls at all um it uses the main thing i have i have these uh i cast this spell that's called a homing crystal soul mass and what homing crystal soul mass does is when you cast it it creates five tiny crystal balls above your character that home on to your enemies and will automatically go and cause a bunch of damage. So if you start a fight, you can cast that spell. It's running up there. Then you have your sword and your shield or weapon and shield, whatever. And then you can actually fight while you already have like these things that are set to go off and home on the enemy. So mm. I play... I've done a full gameplay run through with that and hit up enough bosses so that you can do the fast travel because you have to go through a selection of bosses. These games I play, I don't, it's, it's like I know these games so well. Like to somebody who do, isn't familiar with the series, they seem very hard. And when I started, I thought they were incredibly hard. But once you play <laughs> through one, um, like it, it, any of them, uh, once you play through it, kind of clicks and then they all become D Dark Souls and Bloodborne Secure is a whole different thing. Um, all kind of like click in your head and you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I kind of understand these enemy attack patterns and I can go through and run it. So I've been playing some of that on the Switch, but more uh, doing a miracle build, which is a different kind of magic uh, that's a little bit tougher to do than a sorcery build. Sorcery build is pretty easy, but miracles, it's you have to do a lot of covenants which are the factions in the game, and you level those up by helping people fight bosses or invading other people's worlds. Um, so I've been playing a good deal of Dark Souls, and then I decided on a whim, because I'm, a, I'm just a sucker for it, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Mm. Um, <laughs> I have, I've started. And it's Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is a lot like going to Five Guys and getting a burger. Like I, like I mean, burgers. it's not like the most... It's not gonna like blow your like like blow your mind kind of situation, but it's pretty darn good. And gosh, it feels familiar, mm -hmm. and it it just makes you happy. It makes you feel like a little kid, like getting a Pizza Hut deep dish pizza. Like <laughs> that's not great pizza, but man, it reminds you of when you were a kid. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, went to Pizza Hut a lot as a kid. Yes, back when they had the book it stuff. You know, I had yeah the book yeah the book it program yeah. yeah. I remember that. I remember that I had. So when I was a kid, I had these Star Wars posters up in my room, and it was of I had one that was C three PO and R two D two, one that was Yoda, and one that was um the Wicket the Ewok, and they had the names of the movies. And so the first one was just Star Wars, and that was before they I think turned it into a New Hope. Um, the other one was Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and I had these posters. And when I I guess got older, my mother threw away everything <laughs> I had for when I was a kid. No, I was like, one day I'm going to get these posters back. And this was, I was working one morning and I had some free time and I was looking on eBay. I was like, let me just look up Star Wars posters and find them. So I go through and I found them online. I was like, wait, these are, these are the posters that, that I had when I was a kid. I was mm -hmm. like, how much are they? It was $20 for all three of them. I was like, holy crap, nice. $20 for all three? I was like, what are these posters? What do they look like? Turns out, these posters, whenever you ordered a pizza from Pizza Hut, it was like a large pizza of some sort. It was a special promotion that anytime you ordered one, you got a poster. <laughs> so my parents just ordered posters and they're like, hey, kid, I mean, I ordered these, uh, these pizzas and said, hey, kid, you know, here's this poster. Go have fun. 
I put this up in my room. <laughs> so I now have them. I bought them. And they have a little Pizza Hut logo on the very bottom of them. <laughs> awesome. So. Now, I'm, uh, I actually used to have a C3PO R2D2 talking bank. That's nice. Um, yeah, you'd push the button. Hi, I am C3PO, human cyborg relations, and here's my counterpart, R2D2. And they would kind of play the theme music while they're moving around. Mm-hmm. My cousin had the Vader version of it. Um, yeah, that was it eventually stopped working because I would play that so much. Um, but anyway, is that the end of your gameplay? Yeah, that's about it. Uh, okay. just, uh, DBZ, Dark Souls and Hitman. Funny thing about Hitman, though, um, that actually that uh, blood money was actually what led to me discovering Elder Scrolls. Really? Um yeah, I think it was back in 2006. I was rooming with like three other guys or two other guys. And my roommate had a 360. And he said I could play it. All he played was Tiger Woods, which is kind of entertaining watching him getting pissed off at the computer. And he actually almost broke his controller by throwing it against the wall once. But we would always make fun of the old guy character because he would swing and be like, out of my back! But um, he's like, yeah, sure, I've got a few games, you can play it. So I tried Hitman Blood Money, and I beat the tutorial, and that was it. Because, uh, yeah. You're on that, like, Coney Island kind of place. Yeah, and you're in the the little the Hawaiian shirt and sombrero-looking hat and everything. Uh, that was Yeah, that was about all I could beat with that game so i saw another game um it was oblivion i'm like eh, and I, even from the the cover of it you couldn't really tell what the game was but i'm like ah, eh, sure i'll try it and uh never put it down so. yeah, oblivion uh, it was i played god so much of oblivion probably no, i, I remember i had it. a save yeah. that was like 386 hours <clears throat> I, I don't know why i remember that particularly uh, but i mean that game, I remember because it came out and I was, gosh, maybe like 14 or something when it came out, showing my age here. Um, and it I was, was about 10 years older than that, I think. Or yeah. no, I was like 23, 22, something like that. So when it originally came out, it was rated T. But then there was this whole controversy over, over mods and, and nudity. And you, they eventually had to change the ESRB back to M. So I went to the EB games back in the day when there were EB games in, in mainland America. Yep. <laughs> I went there. They used to sell DVDs like, too. This guy was like, you need to play Oblivion. I was like, oh, I can't. It's, it's rated M. He's like, I have a special edition here that's rated T, but the regular edition's rated M. I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, no, I can sell you the T game. I can't sell you the M game. I was like, okay, I'll get that. <laughs> no, so, I remember somewhere. I actually... There was an Xbox magazine that had the some of the DLC on it because mm-hmm. I used to have an Xbox magazine and it would be like, here's a disc that has some extra content for certain games on it. And there was one that had um, the different houses for your character, like the magician, the wizard's tower and the oh, yeah, the I remember fighters that was back ship. when DLC like first started. Yeah. Because they had that weird, they had the the uh, Mayrin's Razor quest. Yep, that came out with it. But then they did the expansions, and the Shivering Isles is by far one oh of the best expansions for. Anything. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was incredible. That that's still one of my all time favorite DLC. You know, they should put those those two games, Hitman Blood Money and Oblivion, on the Switch. I think those would be great hours of playtime. Though we could sit here and spitball what they need to remaster and put on put on Switch for like. Well, with Skyrim, if you have Zelda, me gives you champion tunic and the master sword and the highland shield that's right those are some pretty sweet things to have as an early character but no i think i was it the last episode um where i was kind of talking about oblivion or, or i think it was the episode with uh with tyler where the first character i ever made knowing absolutely nothing about all the lore and everything was redgar like oh you know medieval looking fantasy game i want to be a warrior so and it says that the red guard are some of the best all-around warriors around so um i think it was the um because i also wanted to be like a goody two shoes type person oh i don't want to do anything evil so i never did any of the thieves guild and fighters guild or uh Dark Brotherhood stuff initially, but I'm walking around Skingrad, and there's this character NPC named Bernadette Penelis, and she must have been racist because anytime I would try to talk to her, she would sneer at me, and I had no bad karma whatsoever, so I have no idea what her problem was. And eventually, I came around. I'm like, you know what? These people aren't real. I'm not affecting anybody's lives. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I broke into her house and killed her in her bed at night. <laughs> but every other playthrough that I've had, she's been nice. I don't know why she hated my Red Guard character. But you were too nice. You were too good. You were I this guess. being that they all were jealous of. She's just some random grape presser, really, because I think she works for <laughs> Surle Wines. She works for, I think, the winemakers there, but. Yeah, she just she hated my red guard character, but she's liked every single other character that I've had. You, ma'am, are nothing more than a grape presser, dirty heathen. <laughs> Skingrad's one of my favorite cities in in Cyrodiil, but yeah. Um, anyway, as far as what I <laughs> as far as what I have been playing more recently, I really wanted to start. I need to finish Knights of the Old Republic 2. I recently saw Rise of Skywalker, and it's gotten me into a Star Wars mood. Ooh. Um, Speaking of that movie, how'd you like it? It was awesome. Yeah, um, I, I wanted it. to go see it with my wife, but she's not so much of a... My wife. Um, my wife? Yeah. She's not really a <laughs> moviegoer. She does want to see 1917, so we'll probably go see that thing. <laughs> But, I want to watch that, but I, I don't know if I really like if if I really want to pay to go to the movie theater to watch that, as opposed to wait till it's out in the service and watch that. But then I'm losing the big screen effect. I don't know. These are the battles I have in my head constantly. <laughs> she yeah. she's a uh, history buff, like she oh. uh, particularly British history. Um, she's actually in grad school. Um, she's wanting to eventually work behind the scenes at a museum, but she's a, a big history buff, particularly like British history. And you just don't really learn about much about world war one here. Cause we didn't really have much to do with it. 
But kind of um, came in came in the last minute. We're like, ah, sure, we'll we'll help. Yeah, her. but she's not really a Star Wars fan. And she can appreciate it, but it's not her cup of tea. So but, where are you at in Kotor two now? Um, I'm coming up on the fight with Scion. Oh, and wow, it's okay. been several years since I've played it. Okay. Uh, I've started other playthroughs, but one thing nice about Steam is it saves your spot. <laughs> Even years down the road, if even if you deleted the game and switched to another computer, it'll save your spot in the cloud. Um, I don't know. I might have to start a new game just so I can get more familiar with it again. There are ways I think it's better than the original. Like, oh, I yeah, think. absolutely. You can customize things a lot more. Yeah. And I think this the story is a, the story and, and the characters. I don't know. It's a lot more gripping to me. Like, Everything that they that was good about the first one, they improved upon with the second one. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was really cool how at the end of Rise of Skywalker, Ray had a yellow blade. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, because it's, it's like the, a, it's like Bastila. That's the first time that a character has had a yellow blade in live action. So, um, but yeah, I thought it was really cool. It had a lot of callbacks to the original series. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's like years after, right? The the original one, right? It's I think fifteen or no, no, uh, thirty five years. I think is what they said. Thirty five years after the original series, according to canon. Mm. But yeah, um, one thing, my favorite Sith Lord in that game was the um, uh, the uh, the zombie dude, Neilus. Yeah, Neilus. Oh my God, how cool is he? Yeah, he just he's got an insatiable hunger and just wants to devour everything. Yes. But um yeah, and I, like you said, I think the characters a lot a little bit more interesting than in the original game too. Mm. Like there's that um blind Sith that eventually comes over to the light side with you. Yeah, Kira, I think your name is. Um yeah, I think she was voiced by Kelly Hugh. That's kind of cool. Um, and then there's Darth Treya. Or no, 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 no. That's uh, that that's Kira. Or ah, oh God, I for, I forget. The, yeah, the the blind Sith one. And you have the handmaiden, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was a handmaiden. Um, but yeah, there's that one that attacks you on the ship, and you eventually convince her to join you. Yeah, I can't remember what her name is. And then She's you can always, take on apprentices, right? Like you can train, so, like you, you can't do all of them, but you can do some of them. Yeah, you can. Um, there's that dude with the, um, what's his name? He, he's got the horns on his face. You can eventually train him to be a Jedi. Oh, um, Baldur. Is that his name? I think so. I think you can eventually, if it, it's difficult, but you can eventually train Adam too. Yeah, because he's like a goody two shoes Darth Maul. He, um, yeah. Um, Atten Rand is kind of the Han Solo type character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other guy he fought with you in the uh, Mandalorian Wars, I, I believe. And um, he's got the the energy arm. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, this like everything that was good about the first one they improved upon and. Um, if you get it on Steam, I don't, I think I I don't know if it was a mod, but they eventually or they added a scene 
that was originally cut out where you're the um, battle droid and you go and attack the factory. Mm-hmm. I think that was originally cut, but somehow I was able to play through that and it was pretty hard. But yeah, I might have to just start a new game and play through again because I won't really <laughs> remember how I got where I was at. I know there's a scene toward the end where you're playing as at and Rand and you get attacked. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I was able to beat Neilis. It took me a few tries. But um, what I've been playing more recently was I I played a little bit of WWE 2K20. I played some of the towers and unlocked some of the variants of characters, like zombie versions of characters and a version of Seamus that looks like he came out of a psych ward. Um, I <laughs> it, Those towers are fun. As, as bad of a rap as that game gets, it is fun. I haven't um, played a WWE game since the one that came on the Nintendo uh, that was like WWE All Stars, maybe. I think, was, was I think that was GameCube. Was it GameCube? I can't remember. WWE All Stars was kind of that larger than life cartoony game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That might have been well, actually that might have been Wii. Really? Uh, well, well, we'll yeah. Sixty four was WWF Attitude, WWF No Mercy. Um, yeah, so it must have been on the GameCube. Um. Yeah. The the story modes, I, this game I do like because um, the story, like I talked about it in the episode with Tyler, or no, it was the episode after the episode with Taylor. Um, the story mode's pretty cool. Uh, you play as both a male and a female, and basically they're at the Hall of Fame getting ready to be inducted, and you flash back to basically their whole career. And it's fully voiced. Um, and then there's the tower modes where you go through and you beat all these different challenges and unlock different characters and other variations of characters, like the zombie versions of a few characters. Um, like it's there's like a Mortal Kombat in a way, like with the tower. Kind of. Um, one of the tower modes is horror based, where you fight horror versions of different characters, like Randy Orton is a zombie. Or not a zombie. Uh, uh, he's a snake man. Um, like a he great actually... way. That's a great way to sell a pay per view. Randy Orton is a snake man. Yeah, like he spits poison at you and everything. And yes, um, Finn Balor is a is a demon king. Um, Bray Wyatt's kind of like Swamp Thing. Um, and then there's another one that's kind of like like a, a Fallout type universe where um, you're out in. A, like a dystopian world and you stumble across this facility and you're basically fighting to survive and be able to have access to their food and everything. Um, so yeah, I was playing some of those tower modes and unlocking some variants of characters. I did unlock the fiend Bray Wyatt eventually. Um, and then I played some, I played a little bit of, Pokemon Shield, um, since they updated it, and I caught the Galarian Slowpoke, because they're like, here, here's this as a tease for the expansion passes. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think my, I think my wife ended up. Get, my wife is a big. I can't. I play Pokemon, but I can't. 
I can't get the Switch because she plays the Pokemon constantly. And she went to she's <laughs> in St. Louis and she was like, I just don't know what I'm going to do at night. And I was like, well, you've got the Bachelor the Bachelor on Monday. You know, you're going to watch that. She's like, well, I've got every other night. And I'm like, I see what you're doing. You're trying to get me to tell you that you can take the Switch with you. She was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so she ended up taking the Switch and Pokemon. Oh, man. So well, I get to see every Pokemon. She has like I got it for right after Christmas, like it was in January, and she's got like a hundred now or something. I don't know. I've only got like thirty. She was like, "Those are novice numbers." I'm like, "You kidding me?" I think the wild area made that game. It's fun. I've enjoyed it. I, I, just I wish, wish. Yeah, I wish you could have multiple save files. That's true. Yeah, I um, uh, I wish that they would. I liked how they changed up the gym battles a little bit in that game, but. Like the t- like the whole game. It looks like, like a stadium, like stadium battle. Yeah, you're yeah. in an actual stadium with the crowd roaring and. Well, even like some of the puzzles, like that first gym, you're like having to herd the Wooloos, and I don't know. Yeah. I just really liked herding the Wooloos, and I, it's so fun to say Wooloo. I know, um, right? <laughs> you know, you know what else is fun to say? What else? My, my wife. <laughs> That is very fun to say. <laughs> Did you play Sun and Moon? No, I. So my experience with Pokemon. Here's my experience with Pokemon. I played. I, I can. I can pull. I'm looking at my Tommy Hilfiger Game Boy Color in the closet <laughs> right now, and I've got red, red, yellow, blue, uh, mm-hmm. gold, and silver. And then I stopped playing Pokemon until I picked up Sword and Shield. So Sword oh, and Shield, you need to play Gen Three, man. That's my favorite Gen. See, Sword and Shield though, it's like, uh, it's like I'm getting all the best of everything, and so it feels. So, and a lot of people have complaints about it, and it's like I have no clue what they're talking about. Except my only complaint is, you figured they would have changed up the gyms, you know? Like, well, they did for Gen Seven. That's kind of what I was getting at. Oh, um, okay. It was, you know how like um, Gen Eight was basically Great Britain. Yeah. Well, Gen 7 was basically Hawaii. And instead okay, of yeah. gym battles, you have uh, island challenges. I mean, you do eventually fight the... But there's no official Pokemon League in uh, Alola. Alola, that's it. Yeah, I, was, I said Galarian. I meant Alola. So um, at the end of the game, you actually become the first um, Alolan champion. But yeah, there's no official Pokemon League, so there aren't gyms there's island challenges and like one of them was for the um for the fire i think it was the fire um kahuna you had to pick out it was basically a uh which which picture is different like um the alolan marowax would do different poses and you have to pick out which one's different from the other and stuff like that. Um, that interesting. Each area has its own challenge when you get to the Kahuna. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, how they changed it up for. That. But no, you you need to. Do you have a? a, a I've got DS? I've got a two DS that's uh that's sitting there. Getting, do yourself a favor and play dust. Omega Ruby or Al. Yeah, I need to play those. I um, the thing that I'm one of the things I think I like the best about this game and particularly the new pokemon it's all like my team consists of a trash bag a piece of coal <laughs> like a titmouse uh 
I got like a dog. Like I just love how normal that dog's pretty awesome now. I got a squirrel. Like it seems like stuff that I could find in the neighborhood, and I love that so much. I don't know why. Now the only non Gen Eight Pokemon that I used on my team was my Hitmonchan that I caught in the wild areas. I caught him as a Tyrogue, but every single other. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the uh, the one Pokemon I'm looking for is a Delibird, and it has to be snowing in yeah. a particular area. But I really just like Delibird. <laughs> I don't know why he has presence, and they they're not the presence is not exactly great attack. It can either hurt or heal the character. I just like the way he looks. He's very cute. I just thought it was funny how with some of the um, even the new Pokemon designs for this gen was very British, like the Ravens and the um the corgi because if you know anything about the the royals they have a certain number of ravens on the premise like around i think buckingham palace as a because it's a big um, superstition that when the if there aren't any ravens there the uh, monarchy will fall and also queen elizabeth is a She's raised corgis basically basically her entire life. Have you seen The Crown on Netflix? Such a good show. My wife loves that show. I love that show. So I, good. I haven't Along with Victoria. She watches Ooh. Victoria too. So We're big Downton Abbey fans. That's weird. The she Downton got Abbey into house. that later, but she did eventually get into that too. Mm. We live, breathe, and, and die by Downton Abbey. Like we are so invested in the lives of this like small English countryside lord and his servants. And there was a Bob's Burgers episode that kind of spoofed that show. I will, yeah, I'm down for that. I need to see that. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, since, yeah, the so, last thing that I played. Um, so we we keep getting off track here, uh, um, which is well, fine. I ask that. all kinds of questions, and I want to oh. be informed. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, That's amazing. The the one thing that I've been playing in the last few days is Arkham Knight. Yes. Um, I never played that game up until recently because my computer couldn't play it. I bought it when it was on sale for like 20 bucks with the expansion pass. And I'm like, okay, I can't play this now, but eventually I can. So um, when I got my new computer, I put that on there and I, I've been neglecting it. So now I've been playing it more. I, it's a great game, but I hate how necessary the Batmobile is. Yeah, the Batmobile stuff sucks. It, like, it's just not good. I like driving it like a car. Yeah. That's fun. The tank stuff it, it doesn't make any sense. Now, here's the way that you should play it. First of all, you have to understand that the 1966 television show Batman is probably mm-hmm. the best incarnation of Batman. And I'm talking like better than Christopher Nolan's Batman because he wasn't that great, but the villains were. The 1966 Batman is the best one. Now you need to get the skin and play as that Batman because it's like hilarious in this dark, rainy, dreary world. Everyone's in military gear and you're like yeah. reflecting off the puddles and you're this like super colorful kind of pudgy batman that's punching people and the only thing i wish it had was a little like uh the word effects when you punch the people like oh pow. the bam pow yeah that would be the perfect i guess uh um, ironic thing to do in that game i think that did come with the expansion pass but you can't really do that until you beat the game right oh yeah um eventually i'll get there um i'm at the part where you're trying you're going to rescue batgirl 
but I've been doing the Riddler challenges. Yeah, in the last couple of days, I've been playing some of um, uh, Arkham City. It's my favorite of that series. Um, yeah, that one was really. Yeah, I've beaten that a couple of times. Yeah, I'm work. I've, I've beaten it a few times, and I'm working on the the re-release of it. Um, he, around now, uh, the wa- I watched Watchmen, and I was like, you know, it would be really fun to play Batman. It kind of has a similar feel. Arkham City, at least. Are you talking about the TV show or the movie? No, the TV show. Yeah, I I haven't seen the show. Oh, Although it's... apparently it's not getting a second season because the no. director's mm-hmm. gone. It was great but, though. That's really yeah. It's just the the Batman challenge or the 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 how necessary. Like I don't. I I like the fact that you can use the Batmobile, but it shouldn't be necessary to progress in the story. Yeah, and then the the in part for me, there's a lot of challenges that involve the bat. Like the there's a whole like boss battles with the tank, and I'm like, yeah, or the drone cars and all that. Like Batman isn't General Patton. Like we all need just <laughs> chill out about this tank situation. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's got a tank now. I need to run and hide. He, hasn't he always had that? I mean, this is yeah. the end of his run here. Like, how is he just now using the Batmobile? But yeah, I'm um, curious what yeah. they're going to do with the next one. They've been teasing that a little bit here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, there's. I'm on. I'm working on the Riddler challenges. I'm coming up on the fourth one, and I need to get the Batmobile across to that island that starts with an M to be able to even open this garage door for whatever reason. That's strange. So, anyway, that's that's what I've been working on lately. I have been playing a little bit of Switch. Like the, I also been playing some Lego Harry Potter on the Switch. I'm working on Chamber of Secrets. That's all me and my wife have played for the past two months. My I'm, wife, I'm not kidding. My wife, we have <laughs> we have played all. My wife, we have played all seven years, and we're working on free play now. And let me tell you something: we're getting those bits. We are getting those bits. It's I um I've played it on the mobile years ago, but I've never played it on a console. Um, it's still very glitchy, unfortunately. And we'll get to the end of a level, and it'll crash, and we'll do the whole level over again because they didn't create the autosave technology back then. Oh. Um, I never beat Voldemort though. Um. I got to the very end, and I could never beat Voldemort at the end of year seven. Mm. Trying to think, the hardest one was Bellatrix at the end for me because you have to duel her three different times. It was like, okay, I get it. I get the dueling mechanic. I understand. It's like you got to do it three times in succession. So it's like three different boss fights. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that that's about it. Cool. So, well, shall we uh, get into the main segment of Dragon Quest? Yep. Um, like I said earlier, I am when it comes to Dragon Quest, so I'm looking forward to being educated. So, before I even get started, what do you all know about Dragon Quest in general? Okay, so I know there's a bunch of monsters in this world, and you have to kill them. And there's a game called Dragon Quest Builders and Dragon Quest Builders 2, but that's... Oh, yeah, and then Dragon Quest Eleven. That's all I really know. So, yeah. Well, that's good. What about uh, you, Basically, Leor? it's a, a fantasy RPG. Yeah. And 
you play as a nameless character, or you actually name the character. And the one I played was number two. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the one where you're in the bright blue armor. Right. And you're the son of a king, and there's an upcoming attack, and you're supposed to prevent it. That's about it. I know each character or each game in the series has a unique, it's a different character. Mm-hmm. So that's about it. So actually two. So we'll, we'll get into all that. Let me explain to you a little bit about how I particularly got into Dragon Quest. And then we'll talk a little bit about the, I guess, the history of the series particular. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So when I was a kid, um, I would often... We'd go over to my grandmother's house every Wednesday. And so most of the time she'd make mac and cheese, special for me. It was always very nice. And then after dinner, I got to have a can of Coke. And my parents would watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy and probably, um, oh, what's that show with the dancing? Well, it doesn't matter. Dancing what's with it? the Stars? No, it's like the Lawrence Welk. Lawrence Welk, yes. Uh, if you have watched, if you watch uh, TV with a, a, I guess now they're in their 90s, uh, they would know who Lawrence Welk is. Uh, it was like a old jazz kind of situation. Anywho, while they're watching all that, I got to sit in the bedroom, drink a can of Coke, and I would turn on the TV and I'd watch this crazy show called Dragon Ball. Mm. Now, Dragon Ball isn't like Dragon Ball Z, if, 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 you've, if you've watched it. Dragon Ball is more like an adventure story. Um, whereas Dragon Ball Z is definitely like fighting where they get into like the shonen style of like that's really where they nailed down what that was particularly Dragon Ball is more there's fighting in it and they have tournaments and different stuff but originally it's an adventure series where this this kid with this monkey tail that's kind of unexplained and he gets with the scientist and this bandit and they go all over and so I was really into the series as a kid so I was ended up talking to my friends at school about it, and they were like, oh, man, you really need to play Dragon Quest Eight. I was like, what's the first of all? Okay, Dragon Quest Eight. I got to start at eight. But then I learned, I was like, okay, we got to figure out what this Dragon Quest Eight situation is. So I had a PS2 later on. Uh, I originally had a Wii a while, and then mm-hmm. I had a PS2. Like, I, I ended up getting it cheap and playing um, Dragon Quest Eight. Played that. Dragon Quest VIII is still a fantastic game. Essentially, what you are is you're this traveler who goes on this fairy tale quest. Every single game is a fairy tale in itself. Now, you go through, you do a lot of, there's a lot of freeform exploration um, where there's a lot of, uh, you go out in the world, it's 3D, there's random encounters. Uh, but after you get through a good like 10 or 20 hours of the game, you then learn that you can train monsters and level them up along with your party. And so then it becomes, okay, this is 3D Pokemon now. <laughs> so I got really, really into this game of catching all of these yes, crazy monsters, uh, all this different stuff. Um, it's a long game. I, every Dragon Quest, the modern ones, are very, very long. The original ones, the 1, 2, and 3, which are kind of the classic trilogy, um, are shorter, much shorter. They're probably like 10 hours, I would say. But I mean, the, the later ones are 80. And then the most recent one, I, I looked at my save file. Actually, I did that. Um, I have it on the Switch, and I'm playing that version right now. But my PlayStation version, 
I finished up uh, in 2019 and I looked at the uh, end of the year stats for it and I had played it for 321 hours. <laughs> oh man. So anyways, I love Dragon Quest VIII. I was, I was so into that. And then I, I got into this developer that made it, which was Level 5. Now, Level 5 had done other RPGs before that, like the Dark Cloud series. I don't know if you all are familiar with that. Um, I've heard of it. I'm not really yes. familiar with it. So they did that. And then they did this game called Rogue Galaxy. And Rogue Galaxy, they so Square Enix hired them to make Dragon Quest VIII. And then after that, they made Rogue Galaxy. And Rogue Galaxy is literally just like Star Wars, but action RPG. I actually think the... I thought it was Star Wars. Is it... Yeah. It is about a boy who lives on a desert planet and meets two robots and an old warrior, and they get on a ship. <laughs> I mean, and he ends up being like the chosen one. And they, <laughs> I mean, it, it's literally. You get like a, a, swat, a swashbuckling kind of pirate dude that's very much Han Solo. There's like a princess. It's, it's Star Wars. Anyways, <laughs> ended up playing that and I was like all about that game. I was like, okay, I really love this developer. I need to figure out, you know, what they're doing. And that's when I kind of got into the whole, okay, I'm going to start following like the actual companies and see what the games are making. And so Rogue Galaxy came and went. Um, there was this game called White Knight Chronicles, which... I didn't play because I ended up getting a, an Xbox 360 after that. And it was out, I think, only on the PS3, but it may have been... I'm not sure about that. I didn't play that. Uh, but when I got my PS3, I learned that they were making this game called Nino Kuni. And Nino Kuni was co-produced with them and Studio Ghibli. So Studio Ghibli is like the award-winning anime studio that's behind... Uh, movies like spirited away uh castle in the sky uh my neighbor totoro you've probably seen like a million different totoro merchandise um i've heard of castle in the sky too yeah um i mean they're still making making movies and stuff it's all they've won a bunch of like international film awards all this different stuff um so they collaborated with them to make this new fairy tale universe in which it's essentially Dragon Quest 8 but in a modern setting. So Level 5 produced Dragon Quest 9 which came out on the DS, the I think it was the 2DS. Yeah, it was the 2 and 3DS that they did Dragon Quest 9 for. I I didn't play that. But I did play Nino Kuni. And Nino Kuni, they ended up taking that team and the monsters and made it into what I like to lovingly refer to it as as adult Pokémon. <laughs> because here's the thing it, it does a few things better in my opinion the combat is way more strategic there's way more of a grind um, there's not random encounters you can see all of the monsters on your map but they always show up in teams as you go through the game there's harder sections like harder bosses that you have to figure out a strategy for each one only knows a certain amount of attacks but it's all done live it's not turn based which was kind of crazy for me to play this game where it's like okay it's it's a mixture of the strategy from turn based and action and they ended up making this game. I loved it. I thought it was great. Played it on PS3. It came and went. That's fine. So when the PlayStation 4 came out, and they were like, okay, we're going to start bringing over some Dragon Quest stuff. They had made 10, which was an MMORPG. I never played. There's still It's not an American release for that. Then they came out with 11. And I got 11. I was like, okay, I like Dragon Quest. I remember 8. I played that. I'm going to get into it again. So I ended up picking Dragon Quest 11. 
Dragon Quest XI made me really love the series. It made me... Rem- it, it, what's a good way to put this? It is probably... It does RPG, like JRPGs the best. Like Dragon Quest XI. I think Persona 5 is great from a standpoint of of UI and sleekness and, and combining music with the series. I think Dragon Quest XI is really like the royalty of any JRPG and I'm including Final Fantasy including all of these things. What it started for me I was like okay I'm going to start playing Dragon Quest 11 and we'll start getting into the story. So I played it. I was like okay I feel like I'm at a good stopping point. I just finished this area beat a boss, added a member of party, I'll quit. And I'll come back to it. Came back to it. Did another section where it was like, oh, there's a dungeon, there's a boss, and we got this member of our party. Then I realized, I'm like, wait, it's meant to be played like a TV show where there are episodes. Dragon Quest XI is probably two and a half seasons of a television show packed into an RPG, which is absolutely, (laughs) like, for the amount of content that you get. I mean, this game goes on. I mean, you could probably... I would say you'd be extremely rushing to finish this if you completed it at 70 or 80 hours. I think that you would have to mainline every little piece of content. Um, no, wow. It's essentially what it is. is It's a turn-based RPG in which you get a cast of characters, much like uh, KOTOR, much like really any RPG, JRPG out there. You get a cast of characters, um, and you go out, and you collect uh, seven, I think it's seven or eight orbs uh, to ascend to this great tree called Yggdrasil, which is the, um, I think that's like the Nordic tree of life. I think that's what it's referencing within the series. So I'm trying to think of a, a good way to, everything in this game, it rewards you for. So like any piece of exploration that you do you're gonna get rewarded. So if you're like looking through cabinets, like the way you're supposed to play it, you're supposed to go through other people's houses and like try to steal and find everything in their house, break every single pot, (laughs) go through every single cabinet, and you're going to find the items you need. And a lot of the stuff is hidden through crafting. Eventually you'll get some abilities to unlock other doors, unlock other areas. Um, But this game was particular to me just because of the scope, the story. There are so many, like, it all seems fine and dandy for a long time in the game, and they do two really big twists within the game, which I won't spoil on here because I know that a lot of people haven't played it, and I'm trying to sell them on this game. Uh, there's two <laughs> really big story twists that I was amazed at, and I was like, holy crap, they're really taking it here. They're really, like, going to go in a different tone from how they originally were setting it up to be. Um, So that's kind of, I guess, why I like the game. The reason I started with Dragon Ball is because I didn't realize this until I played Dragon Quest XI, that a lot of the key art and character designs are from Akira Toriyama, who originally created Dragon Ball. It's like the character, the guy that made Goku is the guy that makes most of the key art for the monsters and characters within this. And if you look at them, they look very similar. So like the main character of Dragon Quest XI, his hair is much similar to Trunks' hair, or no, um, Android 17's hair in Dragon Ball Z. Like it's all, the way each character designed is very, um, meant to affect that style of design that they had throughout. I think he did 
yeah, he did all of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball Super, as well as the other um, Dragon Ball GT, which are huge cultural pillars in the Japanese world and anime community. Um, so I didn't know that, but it turns out that he did all of this because he worked with this guy called Yuji Hori back in uh, like the 80s. And they got together. He was like, hey, I'm making this game, this like RPG game. And I was wondering if you could like just drop some character designs for it. And he did. And then it released in 1986 and people loved it. People were all about it. So he took some, I guess, I, I have on here that he took some stuff from games like Ultima, which is a, an old, very old RPG game uh, that was more open to... Uh, exploration it really went ultima went on i think to really go inspire um elder scrolls uh, but he made this partnership with akira toriyama yuji hori and akira toriyama they got together and then they created dragon quest 2 again and dragon quest 2 which is the one you played had monster taming in it and then there was this whole debate that they had dragon quest 2 in 1994 1992 or 94 anyways two years later pokemon red and blue came out and it was a big debacle of did pokemon so they had pokemon red and blue and then they have dragon quest m which is dragon quest monsters which is a refined forum of dragon quest 2's monster raising scenarios and then it was the big debacle of who created this like catch the monsters train them fight with them in an rpg setting was it pokemon or was it dragon quest and it turns out they both kind of riffed on each other so pokemon red and blue riffed on dragon quest 2 the people that made dragon quest played pokemon red and blue and then they riffed on that to make dragon quest monsters and then shared back and forth because back then nintendo and square enix were doing everything together i mean they handled all of their localization stuff for any american or european release it was a pretty big deal the, I think where the series really kicks off those Dragon Quest V, you can actually get in your phone and it actually works pretty well. I've played that on my phone. Uh, and that, it's kind of, um, it has a perspective change, kind of like if you ever played Fez, which is an indie game um, where you change perspectives, but it's still like that 2D pixel art style. Um, or I, what's, what's another? Uh, like Octopath Traveler kind of, where it's got kind of this like, 3D feel, but it's 2D pixels. Um, but Dragon Quest V is probably their big release, I would say, that really got critics' attention. Um, so then they went on to make 6 and 7, which are big but aren't as popular, and then 8. So the main titles that I think are the best are 5, 8, and then 11. Um, there's actually a Netflix movie coming out in february i think on the 14th so cancel your valentine's day plans because (laughs) the dragon quest movie is coming to netflix and it's very much uh seems like styled after um dragon quest 5 do you have a link for that uh yeah there's a trailer it's very much so it's very much done in i almost want to say it's like a a dreamworks like how to train your dragon kind of animation style Okay, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. pull it up on YouTube and I'll play it on uh, on there. Yeah, sure. You can find probably Japanese trailers for it, but they're doing the localization, for it, so they're like fully voicing the people. Um, they did hey. that. There's a Nino Kuni movie out. I had told you all that before. Um, that just came out. Uh, this past week, 
that is a sequel to Nino Kuni 2. Which <laughs> is like, what is going on in this universe? <laughs> All of Real a sudden, quick, we're getting a be, bunch of stuff. I apologize. I will be right back, but keep going. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll pull it up here on uh, on YouTube so that people can see it. Um, for those who are listening to the show, I will post the actual link in the show notes so you guys can actually see it. Um, so that it doesn't sound weird in the recording. So let me go ahead and actually pull this up. There we go. All right. So this is a Nintendo show. So I guess my pitch would be, why would you want to get it on the Nintendo Switch particularly? The Nintendo Switch version does one thing particular for me that overtakes the PlayStation version by far. They actually got the uh, Tokyo Symphonic Orchestra mm-hmm. to... They had already recorded that, but they had added those tracks into the game. And when you hear the battle theme, just like any of the old Final Fantasies, over and over and over again in a chiptune format, it's very annoying, especially 300 hours <laughs> into it. So hearing an actual like orchestra perform all the different songs, which are all great, which if you've watched any Nintendo Direct, you're probably tired of the main theme because it seems mm-hmm. like they play that main theme constantly throughout the Nintendo Directs. All the music is fantastically done. They also yeah. added things, uh, some quality of life things like um, outfits that you can wear in the game, but your post-game is changed dramatically once you have completed what I, I guess is the main arcs of the story. There's a post-game where you're still, I guess, a part of the main story, but it's much more grindy and you're doing harder versions of dungeons that you've already done. But there's a lot of, there's like a little bit of a town building segment. You like at one point make a family, like there's some Harvest Mooney things to it, I guess. It's not even like full fledged, like you're making plants, you're like decorating your house, or different stuff. But there is some of that that they've added. Um, yeah. Supplement the game itself. Uh, trying to think of what else the switch version has um it looks identical to me as the playstation 4 version and i think it's because of the animation style yeah Um, the big oh the big thing is that uh you can go to certain spirits within the game Mm -hmm. and it'll revert to the classic dragon quest one two and three style and so your 3d modeled character can go and play dungeons from across the series as a pixelated version mm-hmm. so they've in- created this whole new i guess like side campaign where you're as you progress through the story you have to go to this special i guess they're like spirits of time i'm not even sure after uh, but put 360 hours in this game and i'm not even sure what these spirits are <laughs> <laughs> but that's i guess the big things that they've added for this switch really right um yeah um I'm excited for that movie. It looked really cool. Um, you know, I didn't understand anything that they were saying. It was all in Japanese. Um, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, but I, I posted it in, in the stream, and I'll include it in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, Dragon Quest, and you talked about that. And so yeah, we were, we were talking about cryptids earlier, like when we were talking before the show. Um, is there any of these monsters that are like based off of any cryptids that you know of dave yeah they're so there i've i've made a list of my top five one of them is particularly a cryptid uh the rest of them are more 
I guess prerogative of the story. So the first monster that I want to talk to, this is my top five. Let's get a segment music for this. It's like Dave's top five Dragon Quest monsters, which is very specific. <laughs> and I don't know why we need the music for it, but we do. Um, I want to start this list off uh, with number five. Uh, in the history of Dragon Quest, whenever they can't think of a monster or something, they like to combine two things and put them together like a, a knight and a slime and you put them together and you have a knight slime and it's literally just a knight that rides a piece of slime but <laughs> my favorite of these combinations are you have a witch and a pig and so what it looks like is it's a little pig has a witch hat on it and his name is ham witch very clever <laughs> it's the cutest monster I think in the series and every time I fight a ham witch I'm like if Dragon Quest 11 had monster taming mechanics this is the one that I would want I just want my life to be filled with ham witches um, imagine going to a farm and you see little baby pigs walking around with like the, the sorting hat from Harry Potter on like, wouldn't that be <laughs> the most delightful petting zoo in the whole wide world and they do little spells too which game is this in? Uh, this is Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay. The Hamwich. The so the series monsters are essentially all the same. It's been the same since day one. There's been different variations of some of them, and the bosses change from each game. But a lot of these are core, and I have these are all core monsters from the original games that are all the way up to Dragon Quest Eleven. Mm -hmm. So it's like a continuing cast, much like uh, a game called Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> there's up, always going to be a caterpie yep. yeah right, uh, uh, the next one I have is cruel cumber cruel cumber is a cucumber uh, that is anthropomorphized to have little stick legs and arms and he carries a spear around now why is this important well I believe that this character that carries a spear went on to inspire uh, a Rick and Morty episode called pickle Rick I don't know if you all watch uh, Rick and Morty or have seen the episode, but the character, the titular character goes on a journey, uh, right. a rampage almost, in an action movie style where he's turned into a pickle uh, and has to carry out the rest of the episode by himself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you should look up a picture of a cruel cumber. And I every did. Time you, it's on stream, yeah. Every time you, you fight it, it um it takes a spear and it holds it in both hands and it like like Tuscan Raiders it up in the air. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just it just looks kind of crazy. Um, so that's my fourth one. This cruel cumber, just because uh, who would have thought that you would have enjoyed finding a cucumber as much as you do in Dragon Quest? Cucumber with a spear. Yep. Yes. Yes. That is hilarious. I was looking at the wrong video, by the way, on your stream. <laughs> oh. So my third monster is a mimic. So mimic. a mimic is originally from D and D. So it wasn't. It's part of that ultimate influence and in where he was. Uh, Yuji Hori was kind of looking at. Okay, what's already out there? What can I take? And so it's one of the first video games to actually have mimics in them. So you go to open a treasure chest, like it's any treasure chest within the game, and it turns out to be a monster. Um, 
not exactly the most surprising thing like when you play the game however the incorporation of mimics in games later on especially in um dark souls mm-hmm. where that's- for our audio listeners it looks like a treasure chest with spider-like eyes and venom's mouth yes that's- so originally in D D, um it was like a shape-shifting monster and if somebody touched it like the rule was if you touched it it would adhese your hand to it and the monster mm-hmm. would then beat you mm. So in this game, it just turns into this big, mouthy, spidery treasure chest kind of thing. Uh, but later on, Man, in Dark toilet. Souls, <laughs> it's the most terrifying possible thing where you go to open a mimic, mm-hmm. and then the, your character like reaches in to grab something, and then the mimic just like chomps your character in half, and then grows gigantic arms and legs, and starts like literally kicking you like the giants in Skyrim have done. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. So mimic toilet, jeez, that's scary. (laughs) Oh yeah, that is scary. Ouch! Imagine sitting on that. Oh, and the blood coming off of it. (laughs) So, has there been? I'm curious. Have you all run into anything else like that? That's like uh, tricking you. Like it's tricking you into reward kind of situation within games. Like as opposed to like a mimic. Um. Oh gosh! Like, wasn't there something in Zelda that like disguises itself as a reward, but then it's actually a monster? Or did I it sounds familiar? I think there's something like that um, where you try to open a chest and it attacks you. Um, the only other thing that I can think of is in Morrowind, particularly Morrowind, where the chests are trapped. Yeah, um, that's right. But I want to say there's something like that in Zelda where there's fake treasure chests. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of who has like who else has that iconic treasure chest design. Um, maybe it was in Wind Waker. I can't remember. Anywho, that was number three is the mimic, which has gone on to inspire uh, many an evil treasure chest in our generation. <laughs> number two is the golem. So the golem um, is prominently featured. It's essentially a masoned, uh, like brick and stone monster that is mm-hmm. very large uh, that just crushes you. So golems are actually thing a thing within like American, well, American, European, and Jewish folklore, um, which are mud creatures that are brought to get brought to life by runes or magic um the most famous one it's particular particular to jewish folklore um but the most particular one is the golem of prague in which in prague germany is prague in germany right am i right i'm the geography major i guess i, should... <laughs> I think you should know that <laughs> i had no idea can't help you there uh, let's see prague 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 is in the czech republic i think let me see Oh yeah, Czech Republic, right outside Germany. Yeah. Right, it's in close. A, yeah, yeah, close enough. And I'm sure the people, close. all of your Czechoslovakian listeners, are fuming right now. Probably. Um, hey, I'm I'm Czech too. So uh, yeah. there you go. Furious, bro. Good. <laughs> good. So there was a rabbi that um, was trying to protect this neighborhood in Prague. It was being attacked by people just because of the situation with how Europeans treat Jewish people. So this rabbi 
took a bunch of mud and clay together and made this creature that was twice the size of humans. This is back in the 1500s, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and engra uh, engraved in him the Hebrew truth in his head. And then this golem patrolled the neighborhood and protected the people. And that went on to inspire a lot of different things in pop culture. Um, the most prominent one probably right now is in Minecraft. Um, if you build silver blocks in the village and put a pumpkin head on top of it, it creates this golem creature that protects the village at night. Oh, that's um, cool. There, so that's one of the mechanics you can have when you are at the village. Um, I've seen golems in a number of different shows. The most recent one was, um, was watching The Society. Is that what it's called? The Order? No, it's called The Order on Netflix. Um, oh, and yeah. this dude's roommate was a golem. <laughs> he's just, he's just you know, sleeping in the same room. And then I think in episode three, he tried to kill him. And they were like, what's the, what's the matter with him? And it turns out he had been wearing like a hat the whole time. And they took off the hat. And he had like a runic engraving on his head. Turns out, dude's a golem. Isn't that There's crazy? Pokemon that's kind of based on a golem too. And it's called Golurk. Golurk. Let's look that up. Golurk. Yeah, that's much similar to a golem. Yeah, I would say so. But yeah, the the Dragon Ball one looks kind of Egyptian style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes sense. The you know the, the Mediterranean Arabic influence on the culture. Yeah. So that's kind of your only. Uh, of course, there's dragons, and I mean you could go on and on for dragons, 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 dragons. Cows come home, but there's so many different types of dragons. There's no like yep. particular dragon to Dragon Quest because there are a bunch of monsters that are dragons. There's tiny yep. dragons, fat dragons, and dragons that'll just kill you in one shot <laughs> <laughs> but my number one monster is of course the slime uh, which is the most prominent one in the marketing for dragon quest um, it is essentially a blue teardrop little monster that smiles and bounces around they recently released a nintendo switch controller that is shaped like a slime and you hold it like it's a uh, you, sh you, sh you should look this up. Uh, you hold it like it's like it's a gigantic biscuit of some sort, and you play the switch on the bottom of it. So, like that's the controller part of it. It's on the very bottom of the slime. Yeah, I definitely remember that enemy from two. But yes. that's hilarious that they have a controller based on it. So the slime is the unofficial mascot of Dragon Quest, and when it's in any of the promotional material put out for the game. And it seems like that, like the in the culture of Japan, which Dragon Quest is so big in, there was even rumors for a while that whenever they would release a Dragon Quest game, uh, nobody would show up to work, and so they were considering making it like employers are just going to make any release of a Dragon Quest game the day of just a holiday, so that, <laughs> so that everybody would would they would just plan for people being absent rather than you know show up and oh no, but. The slime is my favorite. There's a, a bunch of different stuff about anthropomorphs, uh, like I guess weird slime. Like obviously you have like Slimer and Ghostbusters. Um, yep. That's a, the, an obvious one. I did a whole episode in Crypticast talking about slime and about ectoplasm and how 
like old sidekicks back in the late 1800s would uh, swallow a bunch of cheesecloth before they would do their seances or what have you. And then when they were doing the seance, they would uh, like slip a little, uh, not necessarily poison, but just something to make them throw up. And they would throw up a bunch of cheesecloth and they would be like, oh, that's ectoplasm. That's totally ectoplasm. You totally saw that. A ghost was here. Yeah, I remember that episode, actually. Right. Uh, So as far as slime goes, Slimer is probably the evil twin of the Dragon Quest slime because the Dragon Quest slime is very cute. And it comes in all different shapes and sizes, including they ended up creating this this monster in the game called a metal slime. And a metal slime is you do a lot of grinding in Dragon Quest often. Uh, Dragon Quest 11 is probably the least grindy of the games. but like a normal monster is worth like 20 XP, 30 XP. Uh, your bigger monsters are like 200. Like a small metal slime is worth probably 20,000 XP. I don't know why they decided that any metal type of enemy is going to be worth so much more. But if you can farm those, it makes grinding very easy to get to those bigger boss. Um, so if you are playing Dragon Quest Eleven. And you're like, oh man, this boss, especially you're going to run into the squid. You're going to be in the sea. It's going to kill you a bunch. And you're going to be like, what am I doing wrong? And it turns out that maybe you're like five levels off from where it wants you to be to fight this monster. So you got to go hunt for these metal slimes. And these metal slimes are tricky to deal with uh, because they, any magic, they won't damage them. Um, So you can attack them, but attacks only do one damage. So it doesn't scale. So you have to, they only have like maybe like, seven health but you have to hit them seven times and if you if they're there for too long if you're not targeting them they'll run away and then you lose them there's certain powers that you can do so each character has like a pet power which i like to think that it's like kind of like dragon ball z where they like do their big like this is like my spirit bomb or my kamehameha (laughs) and they're all these at first they start with like okay the mage enchants the the hero's blade and it turns red and then it becomes a lightning strike. To one point, um, one of the characters plays a clarinet wearing a um, like a, a Vegas dancer outfit and starts a gigantic um, uh, gay pride parade in which all of the characters then run at the enemies at full force with an entire gay pride parade behind them and trample them to death. I mean, so it gets like way up there with these pet powers uh, that they do. They're essentially like epic team-ups for big attack. Uh, But one of them, if you combine the characters right, you can make all the enemies turn into metal slimes. So if you do that strategy, which you can look up um, of how to farm them at a higher level, um, you can pep up these certain people, and then they do this like metal slime dance. That turns out... (laughs) I don't don't know the science behind that, but you know. I'm going to get three of my friends, and we're going to do a dance and see how many people we can make turn into metal slime. So. <laughs> do you think Zelda kind of stole the slime at all? And like particularly like Breath of the Wild, how there's there's different like elemental slimes? Yeah, I would say I would say so. Um, I would say that, it, you know, I'm not sure when exactly Zelda came out as opposed to Dragon Quest, but I think anything after because yeah, like Dragon Quest, the slimes are more high definition because you could actually like they appeared as a full monster on the screen rather than Zelda one and two monsters, which weren't that 
I guess. Yeah, they were just HD, little blobs that yeah, little blobs. took like one hit or two hits based on yeah. what kind they were. Yeah, I think that it definitely evolved. Uh, in Wind Waker, I think that they had like the more animated slimes that had eyes and stuff, right? And um, then later I... on in Breath of the Wild, they're like the the ones that you kill one and then it splits into four. So yeah, and, so and then there's also like fire ones and ice ones, and yeah, based on where you were on the map. The fact that the blue one is def is the default one lends me credence that they probably copied them, but it's probably in such a loving way that, like, uh, like slimes to, and you know, I'm not an expert in Japanese culture here, but from what I've seen, like slimes to the the people of of, of Japan are much like Captain America to the people of of America. Like, I mean, it's it's like a, a cultural influence. Like, you can't help but pay homage in some way. Um, I think when you're, if you're looking at a slime enemy, you're going to be inspired by the slime enemy, you know? Okay. Just like Superman is an inspiration for, like, later superheroes. It's like you're looking at him, and it's like, okay, how can we riff off this? How can we go off of what's successful? Which Marvel themselves have tried. (laughs) Is it Hyperion, I think is what his name is? Or the Sentry. (laughs) So what what are some of the barriers for you all for getting into the series? I think I'd probably enjoy Eleven. With number two, I just don't really know what to do. I need to look up a tutorial for it. Yeah. Um, I would probably just have to get back into it. Um, I still need to be Dragon Quest Builders 1 and then play 2 and then start playing the other ones. But yeah. I, uh, Dragon Quest, I've played a little bit of Dragon Quest Builders 2. I played the demo of it. It seemed like a pretty interesting game. Mm-hmm. Like You have that... Um, it's much the same monsters um, in that game, except it seems like that they've recontextualized the story so that you are more... Instead of like being the hero with the sword and the destiny, you're like the hero with a hammer, and you're the only one that can build a town. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, is yeah, that, that was my main issue with the second one. Is I, I just don't really know what to do, and mm-hmm. basically that you're just trying to survive the the travel between towns because there's all those areas where enemy enemies randomly show up. You can't see them on the map or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I'd probably enjoy 11 more. Yeah. 11. Uh, I can recommend 11. I also know that they did. I haven't played it. Um, they did a re-release of dragon quest eight, which is, I wouldn't say it's my favorite now that I've played 11. I think 11 is, smidge better they're very different games but there's re-release for that on the um, 3ds and 2ds um, so you can go back and play that if you haven't played that one i think they actually have dragon quest 5 on there too and then they have you can go i know i have android um but you can go and buy a bunch of dragon quest phone ports of the games and they're actually pretty good mm. except they take up a lot of space in your phone because i've tried to play um oh, i'm sure yeah on the phone. i actually have kotor one on my phone and it's over a gig yeah, it gets pretty hard. Once. I mean, even uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Blades or Poke. I mean, Pokemon Go is big on the phone. Like, yeah, yeah, it's still going strong too. Like, there's fifth gen Pokemon that are being released 
every day, pretty much. Yep. And cool. I'll definitely at some point be playing Dragon Quest Eleven. So. Oh, I forgot to tell you all. Uh, there's a bit of breaking news. Um, I'm gonna break here on the Nintendo podcast here. Oh yeah, go. Uh, the, the Nintendo related. So Nintendo has filed a patent for a Switch Joy-Con touch pin attachment. <gasps> what? So kind of like a stylus. Yes, and it's interesting. It's so you know those little things that attach to the Joy-Con, like the little holders that you put around. You know, the yeah, the grips. Pieces. Mm-hmm. It's essentially it's like a little plug that sticks up at the top there. So that's the stylus piece. It like offshoots from that piece, and you put it on there, and you hold the Joy-Con, and then that's your stylus pin and so it seems like that it also reacts to the like it does all the vibration hd rumble or whatever there i don't even explain to me the science of hd rumble i have no clue (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it reacts with that um, and you use it as a a little device i suppose they have a bunch of different things that it could do like drawing and here's the patent i'll put it on the uh thing I just it just popped up in my phone. And I thought, well, you know, oh yeah, break some news here. You heard oh. it here first, folks. Whoa, awesome! Yeah, interesting. Between that and uh, we forgot to mention the uh, Nintendo theme park in Japan that's going to have real life Mario Kart. Ooh, I'm that's so they're so they're making one in America too at um at Universal. Oh, mm. awesome! I I don't know if you all have, have seen the. There's like a mock-up that's out there of what they're planning on doing with it, and mm-hmm. it is insane. Uh, it's a bunch of like they have a bunch of Mario stuff, of course, but they have like a whole Donkey Kong land, and then they have Hyrule Castle with a bunch of Zelda stuff. <laughs> that's awesome. I will definitely be going there at some point. And I'm sad. I'm sad that uh, that I'm missing it because we're doing a big, we're doing a Disney trip, and we're going to Harry Potter World and Star Wars World and all that stuff. Uh, that's another uh, place on my list too. Both we're, of we're doing it in like two weeks, and I'm like, it's like, man, you know, we already booked this, but maybe we should have waited like a year or two, and then we could have really got out and done it all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another know. another patent that was rumored, I think, like a month or so ago, was a new grips for the Pro Controller. Uh, I also put that in stream. If you guys don't got it. Um, looks pretty cool. I don't really know what they're. I think they're just gonna change the grips around a little bit. I'm not sure exactly what, but yeah. So I'm curious about this Nintendo theme park from the advertisement that I saw. It looks like that you wear these like Fitbits that are like Mario Fitbits, and you're like doing Mario levels in real life. <laughs> really judging you on whether you got the coins or not from like leaping between the platforms. So I'm very curious about how that will work and what their insurance package is. <laughs> Just yeah, because yeah, so like, hey, I'm gonna break this brick. Ow, jeez. <laughs> hmm. My dog's telling me she wants to go outside. <laughs> yeah, there's no official uh, date for the opening, but I'm guessing summer 2020. So. In Japan. In Japan. Yeah. Okay. Newsweek has an article for it. Well, I'll report back on the universal situation and see if I see yeah. them walking around with any master swords or anything. I'll know what's up. Yeah. That, that'd be cool. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, uh, we're we're reaching the end of the episode, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to take my dog out here in a minute. So, yep. so, uh, so before we end, uh, Dave, you want to go ahead and give us a quick plug about your show and what that's about? Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. So show. right now, I'm doing the Cryptid Cast. Uh, that is a show where we talk about different cryptids from pop culture. It's light and easy. Uh, it's a little bit comedic at times. We. It's uh, used to be an every other week show. We're on a little bit of a hiatus right now. Um, that's still going on as 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 far as I know. I do know that there are two more projects in the works that I'm working on. One you'll hear about sooner than later. That's probably two or three weeks out. Ooh. And then another one that's a month or two out. Um, but I'm excited for this new one. And I'm sure that if you follow any of the similar podcasts and feeds that you'll find out about it still in the works don't want to talk too much about it but it'll be very exciting i can tell you that fair enough awesome looking forward to hearing about that yeah, cool all right yeah. and uh where can people find you if they yeah. want to find you on social media if they want to find me on social media you can follow me at twitter at dave chaffins that's d-a-v-e-c-h-a-f-i-n you can follow me on Instagram and look at pictures of my dog and, of course, my wife at Chaffins, <laughs> uh, C-H-A-F-I-N-Z. You can follow the Crypticast at the underscore Crypticast on Twitter and on Instagram. We're on all the different podcast services. We have Cryptids. If you're into Fallout 76, we have this old show called Vault Boys. You can listen to that on there. Um, it's a lot of information about West Virginia. Uh, if you're into any like specific state history, uh, we do a lot of that. Uh, I'm also found on my couch playing uh, 361 hours of Dragon Quest. So, yes. Uh, also, a lot of talk about Mothman, right? A lot of talk about Mothman. Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, a whole Star Wars episode around the release of Rise of Skywalker. Yes, that was fun. That was good. Yep. Yeah, it sure was. But yeah, um, Eric, where can they find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at engold08. And then there's the show's Twitter at NintendoP. And if you wanted to reach out to us in a way that doesn't involve other people seeing it, there is an email at NintendoPodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Um, and you guys can find me at the official... Um, Instagram for the show at Nintendo Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Durka H nineteen eighty eight capital D. And you can also find me on Instagram at Durka Does Gaming. And also if you wanted to support us monetarily, we have Patreon where you can go and check out all of our, our, our three tiers at patreon.com slash Nintendo Podcast. And before you go, here's what I'm going to do for you, okay? Everyone that's listening to this podcast, I want you to get on your computer. You probably listen to more than one podcast. You probably listen to a few different podcasts. What I need you to do is get on your computer, download iTunes, create an account on iTunes. And you only need to do this once. You only need to create an iTunes account once. Go and review five stars every show that you're listening to. This will take you probably maybe five minutes in total. If you do that and you rate this, not only are you supporting this show, you're supporting other shows, and eventually Suliar will get his Xbox if we all yes. get in together on this situation. <laughs> it only takes five minutes. That's all I got to do. Sit down, rate and review. And I know you hear that all the time, but guess what? You could do it all in one fail swoop, 
And that's the mm -hmm. exciting part about it. And then once you do it once, you're done. I say like, check it. Here's the thing. Set a calendar reminder. What is today? I'd say it's January 20th. February 1st, write a calendar reminder. Okay, today is the day that I'm going to sit down, do all of my rating reviews. Then set one for 2021. And every year, come back to it. And that's your penance that you must do to support your favorite indie podcast. It helps us get exposure. Like, hey, you know, what's a good Nintendo podcast? Let me search it. Oh, this one's got quite a few reviews. Let's check it out. That's yeah. that's that's how we get people finding us, people. And I can sit here and plug that because I'm just a guest. I can tell you, I can shame you into it because I get to go away after this. So feel ashamed. Thanks for a reminder. I think I need to review you guys. I don't remember if that was one of the people that I've reviewed. But once you sit and do it, it's like Dave said, it's, it's really quick. I reviewed probably 10 shows within a matter of minutes. Mm -hmm. So Same. I literally just go in there. Run and, it. Yeah. Get on Twitch, speed run, like clock it in, live stream it, and just write some reviews. Make it a game. Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> and whatever you do, do not give us, do not give any show one star. That is really bad. I mean, unless the show is bad, then that's okay. But if you're taking the time to go on there and write a review, it better be five stars, and that goes for any podcast. Yeah. Also, podcast you listen. If you leave us a little message on there, we will show. We will definitely read it on the show. Yep. yep. We've done that in the past. So. Yeah. That's how you get mentioned. Yep, that's for sure. But yeah. So, all right, awesome. Can you think of anything else? I think that's it. What about you, Dave? Anything else? Well, thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a pleasure. Yep, sure was. Glad to have you oh. on. Any other time you want to come on, just let us know. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, guys. Toodles. All right, guys. Yep. As always, stay tuned for more Nintendo. Dave, or not Dave. Craig, go away. The definition of a cryptid is an animal that has been claimed to exist, but never proven to exist. As we binged our favorite Netflix series and slayed our toughest bosses in a video game, we began to wonder about these creatures that appeared and stoked our imagination. What was the inspiration for the Demogorgon, or the Dementor? Well, my name is Dave, and with my co-host Austin, we bring you the Cryptic Cast. Every other Wednesday, we will bring you some information about our favorite modern cryptid. From TV to movies to video games, we explore nerd culture through the lens of extensively suspicious knowledge in cryptozoology. Find us on your favorite podcast service under the name The Cryptid Cast. And follow us on social media at The underscore Cryptid Cast. Come join the growing community of Cryptomania.